Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. Lifeinnaples.net is the website. Coming up on the show today, we're going to be visiting with William Yateman, Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. We'll also visit with Corporal Eric Grendeman from the Cuyahoga County Sheriff's Office about books for Cuyahoga kids and the Hot Summer Nights program from the Cuyahoga County Sheriff's Office. Judge Stephen McGuire will be joining us. He was a former uh, judge for the Federal Trade Commission, but also an author. He's written a couple of books. Fractured Power is his latest. We'll discuss that. A local author, by the way. And also Larry Bell. Larry is an endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and the author of many books. His latest is Beyond Flagpoles and Footprints, Pioneering the Space Frontier. He co-authored with uh, Buzz Aldrin. It is June the 24th, and on this day in 1997, U.S. Air Force officials released a 231-page report dismissing long-standing claims of an alien spacecraft crash in Roswell, New Mexico, almost exactly 50 years earlier. Public interest in unidentified flying objects or UFOs began flourished, flourishing in the 1940s when developments in space travel and the dawn of the atomic age caused many Americans to turn their attention to the skies. The town of Roswell, located near Pecos River in southeastern New Mexico, became a magnet for UFO believers due to the strange events of early July 1947 when ranch foreman W.W. Brazel found a strange, shiny material scattered over some of his land. He turned the material over to the sheriff, who passed it on to the authorities at the nearby Air Force Base. On July the 8th, Air Force officials announced they'd recovered the wreckage of a flying disc. A local newspaper put the story on the front page, launching Rosewell into the spotlight of public UFO's fascination. The Air Force soon took back their story, however, and said the debris had been merely a downed weather balloon. Aside from diehard UFO believers or UFOlogists, public interest in the so-called Roswell incident uh, faded until the late 1970s when claims surfaced that the military had invented the weather balloon story as a cover-up. Believers in the theory argued that the officials had retrieved several alien bodies from the crashed aircraft, which was now stored in a mysterious Area 51 installation in Nevada, Seeking to dispel the suspicions, the Air Force issued a 1,000-page report, kill them with volume, right, in 1994, stating that the crushed object was actually a high-altitude weather balloon launched from a nearby missile test site as part of a classified experiment aimed at monitoring the atmosphere in order to detect Soviet nuclear tests. On July the 24th, 1997, barely a week before the ex- extravagant 50th anniversary celebration of the incident, the Air Force released yet another report on the controversial subject titled The Roswell Report Case Closed. The document stated definitively that there was no Pentagon evidence of any kind of life form was found in the Roswell area in connection with their UFO uh, sightings and that bodies recovered were not aliens but dummies used in the parachute tests conducted in the region. Any hopes that this would put an end to the cover-up debate was in vain as furious UFOlogists rushed to the point of I point out that the report's inconsistencies, while conspiracy theories still alive and well on the Internet, Roswell continues to thrive as a tourist destination for UFO enthusiasts (coughs) far and wide, (coughs) hosting the annual UFO Encounter Festival each July and welcoming visitors year-round to its International UFO Museum and Research Center. And, of course, the update, as we've seen now, uh, identified many hundred. We don't call them UFOs anymore. We call them something else, and I don't have that on hand. But uh, nevertheless, clear evidence that uh, there's something out there. And uh, why is it the government always feels like, hey, we they can't handle the truth. We've got to cover this up. That uh, seems to be consistent through our government agencies. A real flaw when it comes to uh, managing the affairs of government. Andrew Gillum, who narrowly lost to Governor Ron DeSantis in 2018 in the governor's race, was indicted yesterday on federal corruption charges related to his time as mayor of Tallahassee and Democrat gubernatorial nominee four years ago. 
Gillum, 42, was charged in the 21-count indictment with wire fraud related to fundraising, conspiracy, and making false statements to the FBI. Gillum's political and business associate Sharon Letterman Hicks, who qualified last week as a candidate in the race for House District 8 in the legislature, was also charged. It's not going to help her win that race. The uh, Department of Justice accuses the two of schemes that involved soliciting contributions in exchange for awarding city contracts and fraudulently diverting some money to Gillum for his personal use. Gillum appeared in court Wednesday and was released pending trial, pleaded not guilty. How close it was that he could have been our governor. Thank goodness that uh, the election turned out the way it did, and we have Governor Ron DeSantis as our governor. Speaking of Ron DeSantis, he directed executive agencies Thursday to review current contracts and notify vendors of a new Florida law banning government agencies from hiring contractors who knowingly transported illegal immigrants into Florida. Governor DeSantis signed Bill 1808 last Friday. Floridians, uh, tax dollars, should not go to corporations that facilitate the international human smuggling operation encouraged by the Biden administration, he said. I was proud to sign Bill 1808 and protect our state from the effects of Biden's border crisis. Executive agency will begin notifying contractors supporting and transporting illegal immigrants to Florida that their contracts will not be renewed unless they comply with Florida law. Floridians will not fund Joe Biden's border crisis. Thank you, Governor Ron DeSantis, for signing Bill 1808. Uh, Florida will not do business with anyone who smuggles illegal aliens into our state, said Senator, Senate President Wilton Simpson. Uh, good mo- move on the part of the governor. Of course, this was announced some time ago, but the governor just signed it into law on Thursday so or Wednesday. So it's uh, uh, now being announced. And uh, the governor also announced a new strike force in northwest Florida to combat illegal drug smuggling, human trafficking, and illegal firearm smuggling. Thank you, Governor DeSantis. The Senate passed a bipartisan gun reform bill on Thursday in the wake of a slew of mass shootings in recent months, the most notable of which left 19 children and two dead teachers in Uvalde, Texas, in late May. The Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, negotiated by a group of senators led by John Cornyn from Texas and Chris Murphy from Connecticut, looks to incentivize states to implement red flag laws The proposal would make it easier for law enforcement to confiscate a firearm and block the purchase of a gun if an individual is deemed to be a danger to themselves or others, tighten background checks, close the so-called boyfriend loophole by tightening background checks on gun purchases of those convicted of domestic violence or certain crimes as minors, and provides money for trauma support, school safety, and mental health programs. The legislature passed 65 to 33 and also included language to strengthen background checks on individuals under 21 looking to purchase a gun and crack down on straw purchases by implementing stronger penalties. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, minority leader I should say, uh, voted in favor of the measure which has received pushback from conservatives in the House and who argue its language pertaining to red flag laws could violate due process. And while House uh, GOP uh, leaders are whipping against the measure, it's expected to pass the House before Congress breaks for its 4th of July recess. So I suspect these red flag laws uh, are uh, unconstitutional, perhaps violating the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution. I'm sure there will be a case early on if someone is not able to purchase a, a, a weapon, especially if it looks like it's motivated by something other than their uh, capability to handle the weapon. We'll see how this turns out. The Supreme Court of the United States ruled 6-3 on uh, the 23rd that uh, New York's proper clause, uh, cause requirement for concealed carry permit issue is unconstitutional. So this is the, uh, the yin and the yang, of course, of this gun law. New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin centered on denials for permits under New York's concealed carry permitting law. The NYSRPA filed suit claiming that one of its members was eligible for a permit was denied because of New York's requirement that concealed carry applicants prove uh, why they are in need to carry a gun. The case ultimately dealt with the scope of the Second Amendment, whether the right to keep and bear arms applies only to in-home or outside the home as well. SCOTUS granted cert in, in the case of NYSRPA responded, the case challenges New York requirements 
that, that applicants demonstrate proper cause to fire and carry a firearm, New York regularly uses this requirement to deny applicants the right to carry a firearm outside their home. The NRA believes that the law-abiding citizens should not be required to prove they're in peril to receive the government's permission to exercise this constitutionally protected right. The NRA ILA Director James Oymet also commented on the suit after the Supreme Court uh, agreed to hear it. Under the current New York law, a law-abiding resident becomes a felon the moment he steps outside of his home with their firearm. This is a clear infringement on the Second Amendment. The NRA is grateful that the Supreme Court is tackling this critical issue. We're proud to be part of this case, and we look forward to the future with law-abiding Americans everywhere having the fundamental right to self-defense the way the Constitution intended. The immediate impact of the June 23rd ruling is in New York's proper cause requirement is struck down. What is yet to be seen is how the decision will impact other states like California and New Jersey, both of whom have concealed carry issuance guidelines. So a major step forward for the Second Amendment and the Supreme Court. Thank you so much for defending our Second Amendment rights. And we'll see how this red flag law holds up that will be about is about to be passed by the House of Representatives. By the way, the majority opinion was written by Senate Justice Clarence Thomas, who wrote the Second Amendment protects an individual's right to carry a handgun for self-defense outside the home. Thomas pointed to District of Columbia versus Heller and McDonald versus Chicago, noting that these cases recognize the Second and Fourteenth Amendments protect the right of an ordinary law-abiding citizen to possess a handgun in the home for self-defense. Then he turned his attention to this case, saying, In this case, petitioners and respondents agreed that ordinary law-abiding citizens have a similar right to carry handguns publicly for their self-defense. We, too, agree, and now we hold consistent with Heller and McDonald that the Second and Fourteenth Amendment protects an individual's right to carry a handgun for self-defense. That's good news. Great news for coming from the Supreme Court. And by the way, Governor Ron DeSantis praised the U.S. Supreme Court's decision to strike down the New York gun law and reiterated his support for Florida lawmakers to pass constitutional carry legislation. I think you have some of those states like New York, they just do not want people to be able to exercise their rights, DeSantis said. And here's what I would tell you. A lot of the people moving here from are doing it because they don't feel safe in a lot of these communities. DeSantis uh, said in May that he did not know when lawmakers would consider constitutional carry uh, legislation, but DeSantis promised his signature on a permitless carry legislation before, uh, before no longer serving as governor. That would be uh, great news. What that would do is mean that everybody who has a gun uh, could carry a gun uh, without a permit, a concealed carry permit. Uh, by the way, 24 series, uh, states currently have such a permit. Uh, we should have one in Florida as well, in my opinion. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at uh, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, William Yateman, research fellow at the Cato Institute. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time.
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252 252- 4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Corporal Eric Grundeman from the Cuyahoga County Sheriff's Office. Right now we have with us William Yateman, Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. William, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. William, always a pleasure. Tell us about the Cato Institute. Oh, you bet. Uh, we're a think tank here in Washington, D.C., and we're dedicated to advancing the ideals of a free society at every level of government. Cato.org is the website, C-A-T-O.org. So, William, the president's uh, kind of flailing around trying to figure out how to you know, support the Democrat Party going into the elections with inflation, the cost of gas and everything. And his big solution is now a tax gas tax holiday. This is, I guess, somewhat remarkable. I mean, you know, the gas tax is uh, 18.4 cents per gallon. So, um, you know, with gas prices five to seven dollars, depending on where you live, one can imagine um, it's, it's not necessarily a panacea. Um, but I think the most amazing thing about this this presidential pitch, this this policy, um, is that it's further reflective of how he's tried everything under the sun to lower gas prices except for embracing domestic production. Right. He's gone abroad to OPEC to ask them to turn on their spigots. He's released oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. He's uh, threatened to prosecute price gouging, um, alleged price gouging, um, by refiners. Uh, and you know now this latest step is a pitch for this gas tax holiday, which, mind you, is going nowhere in Congress. I mean, it landed with a thud in the Democrat-controlled House. Um, you know, it's uh, it it really, frankly, makes no sense, and it does provide. Um, you know, say what you will about Trump, but or Biden's predecessor, um, he had an unequivocal position on energy, energy dominance, and to be sure, that's a little bit uh, corny or whatever. But um, you know, he meant it, and he had policies behind it. Yeah, um, and you know, but Biden is is certainly contrasting himself by kind of doing anything but. Now, of course, well, he's saying is that uh, hey, we produce 12 million barrels of uh, oil. Last month, I think that was a month of May, and he's saying that the claims by Republicans that we're not doing what we can in terms of producing domestic oil is just ridiculous. But he's doing a lot to prevent the production of uh, domestic oil. Oh, well, no, across the board. And it's not, you know, look, there's high-profile policies like uh, the, the Department of Interior moratorium on drilling on, on federal lands, which has been kind of mucked up in court a bit. Um, but it, it's more so the bureaucratic foot dragging. I mean, mm-hmm. So, so the, the slowness with which permits are coming out uh, um, that is really the inhibition. So, um, yes, n- n- look, the, to be frank, environmental what alarmism, I mean, I guess, uh, to be utterly frank, is a, a plank of the progressive party platform or the Democrat party platform. So there is a, a core element of his base who, uh, you know, will not allow him to sort of deviate from the, the anti-oil and gas uh, rhetoric yeah. or, and, and policy. Well, of course, he's the president of the United States, so he has some say in this. Nevertheless, let's move on to this uh, gun control bill that passed the uh, Senate yesterday. What are your thoughts? 
we have big uh, bipartisan majority voted in favor of it. So 65 to 33 was the final vote. Um, and I think it was 14 Republicans ultimately were on board, including Senate Majority Leader uh, Mitch McConnell. Mm. Um, it does more. I mean, last week we had talked about uh, the, the, the red flag provision, but there was more in it than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, or had thought last week, and I don't think anyone knew. I think this was negotiated behind closed doors, not through the committee process. Um, but it, it strengthens background checks for people under 21, um, increases money for mental health, um, uh, increases money to fortify schools. Um, and I guess the most controversial provision is this red flag uh, uh, measures that, that uh, su- support or incent st- states to adopt these red flag laws that allow for a judicial process to um, take guns out of people's hands or deny people their Second Amendment rights when they're thought to have mental health problems. Um, we've discussed that in the prior two shows. Um, evidently, 25 states have these red flag laws, including Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, so to the extent that, that it has, uh, I'll put it this way, I don't know as to whether or not the, that the criticisms of this red flag provision in this bill can be borne out. I mean, what the criticisms are is that it's, it's, uh, it's, it's right, it, it is amenable to being abused um, to those who want to, to unscrupulous actors who would uh, deprive lawfully abiding citizens um, of their Second Amendment rights. Given that 25 states already have these laws in effect, I'd, affect, uh, I'd imagine that we actually have an answer to this question. I mean, has the law, have these red flag laws been abused? Yeah. And I don't have the answer at my fingertips, but uh, I, I do throw that out there, that the criticism should have an answer. Well, you know, well, the other side to it, of course, is that the president's referred to uh, mega, ultra mega <laughs> supporters as being uh, domestic terrorists. I mean, it can be used, uh, weaponized, I, I would fear, by, uh, you know, some states, for, for example, who might pass a red uh, flag law and then start targeting uh, their adversaries, political adversaries, in order to take away their guns. That look um, to be to, is that a legitimate concern? Of course, and I should note here that by no means am I a gun policy expert. I mean, I was just given the I guess the facts on the, the states uh, state right, legislation right. in this effect. But um, no, no. Look, is that a legitimate threat? And and uh, uh, yes, but I mean, were it to come to pass, I would hope that courts would deny such. Odd, I mean, I would hope the facts at hand, given this is a judicially managed process. Um, that a judge, you know, would not. Uh, uh, I hope that they would reject, you know, such um, yeah, attempts I, to abuse this law that are politically motivated. But I, you know, again, I, I do. Uh, I can see that that is a legitimate uh, possibility. Yeah, no, and when and the other concern, of course, is that it takes a long time to finally get to the Supreme Court to get to a court where it could be uh, adjudicated. So. Anyhow, it is what it is, and fortunately, it's not the federal law, but it's going to be the the, the law stating that states can pass these laws and, and fund them. So uh, that is a little bit of an improvement indeed. Uh, by the way, yesterday, the Supreme Court said that, hey, uh, there was a, a case on somebody who didn't want a lethal injection. They'd prefer to stand in front of a firing squad, and, they, and the Supreme Court said, all right, go ahead. <laughs> be honest with you. Um, I follow Supreme Court matters uh, fairly closely, and I guess my eye had, had been on different cases, so I did not hear that coming down the pike. Um, but, uh, you know, look, all the more power to him, Ab- if, if that's what he wants. Absolutely. <laughs> I think it was a kind of interesting decision. Again, William Yateman, Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. I encourage you to visit the very, very robust website, cato.org, cato.org. William, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Corporal Eric Grundeman. He uh, is going to uh, inform us about what's happening with uh, Hot Summer Nights, Cuyahoga County Sheriff's Office Hot Summer Nights, and books for Cuyahoga kids. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer with chronic pain and discomfort? After back surgery, I had painful tendons and muscles and difficulty standing upright. On a referral, I visited Dr. Alec at I Am Designed to Heal, Naples' only vitality and longevity practice where acupuncture, 
medical massage, energy healing, and integrative holistic medicine are harmonized to create a -a one-of-a-kind restorative experience. After only two visits, my pain began to dissipate and I could stand and walk more upright. It was amazing. I plan to continue my treatments to enhance my sense of well-being. Don't suffer needlessly with discomfort and pain. Improve your quality of life. See for yourself and make an appointment by visiting the website IamDesignedToHeal.com. That's IamDesignedToHeal.com or you can call or text Dr. Alec at 239-322-3817. That's 322-3817. Visit IamDesignedToHeal.com for an amazing, one-of-a-kind, restorative experience. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, building a 44,000-square-foot performing arts center in downtown Naples, but also bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can find out more and visit the website and get tickets at gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Judge Stephen McGuire. Right now we have with us Corporal Eric Grundeman from the Cuyahoga County Sheriff's Office. Corporal Grundeman, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Um, it's always a great uh, opportunity to get our programs out to the public, and uh, I'm glad we could be here this morning. Well, thank you so much, Corporal Grundeman. Uh, I wanted to start off by a program that I know has been in, around for a couple years. I had somebody on the show well, several years ago about this Collier County Sheriff's Office Hot Summer Nights program. Maybe you could tell us about it. Sure. Um, our, hearts, our Hot Summer Nights program um, is a free uh, family-friendly, safe event that you can bring your family to. Um, we travel to different parks and uh, schools around the county throughout the summer. Um, we bring our bounce house, and we actually have an inflatable human foosball game that the kids <laughs> love to play. And we have uh, free hot dogs and popcorn and snow cone machines that uh, the snow cone machines have been really popular uh, so far this summer, it's been so hot out. Um, and then we also get uh, our community partners to come in, and they set up booths uh, just last week out here in Big Corkscrew uh, Island at the new park. We had the Girl Scouts out there, and so they were handing out literature about Girl Scouts and that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so it's just a great uh, way to get your family um, out into the community and, um, you know, back to doing stuff. Yeah. Uh, this is our first full summer that we've done uh, since uh, COVID. And so we're thrilled to be back and doing the program. Oh, that's so interesting. And I would guess also one of the side benefits would be the, uh, kind of taking away the fear away from uh, law enforcement by you know, like being able to mingle with the kids and for kids to be able to come up and talk to you. I mean, I think that natural fear exists there. And it perhaps yeah. helps, helps this uh, sheriff's office be more part of the community. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm part of our uh, Youth Relations Bureau, um, which is in our schools. Uh, So we have deputies in each one of our schools. And the great thing is we're in different parts of the county. So just last night, uh, we were out in Ave Maria, and uh, I was cleaning up an area. And this girl, she appeared to be about middle school. And she was like, oh, is that Deputy Dan? Is that Deputy Dan? And sure enough, she spotted her deputy from Corkscrew Middle School. Um, So definitely when the kids see us out in the public, um, they're usually a little bit, you know, not freaked out, but a little surprised that we're like not in our school. Um, But then it's really neat to see their reactions to us being out in public at these events, um, because that's part of the 
you know, besides the life safety and the protecting our kids and our schools, the other part is, you know, we want these kids to grow up without that, uh, you know, fear of the police. Yeah. And so if they can see us in our schools and see us out in public, then by all means, it's a win-win for us and for the community. And also, of course, idle hands are a devil's workshop. So it provides the kids something to do that's fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's, it's great if, if you can bring your kids out to these events, you know, you get to spend an hour or two with them, uh, you know, letting them enjoy a, a safe environment where, yeah. uh, you know, there were 36 of us out there last night, 36 deputies um, out at this event. So we were definitely one of the safest places. Uh, last night, we even had a bear show up towards the end. Oh, no the kidding. So uh, he, he wanted to enjoy the popcorn, too, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, Corporal Gunderman, how can people find out more about Hot Summer Nights and where they're appearing, what nights they are, and so forth? Oh, absolutely. Um, if you go to callyersheriff.org and then backslash Summerfest. All one word, Summerfest. Um, we have all our different programs listed, and under there is our Hot Summer Nights tab. Um, and it's a pretty user-friendly uh, website. It's a great website. Um, call your sheriff. You next, next Thursday on the 30th, we're going to be at Golden Gate Community Park um, at the community center, behind the community center, in that field and clamshell they have back there. Um, Fabulous. And then July 14th, we're going to be in Eagle Lakes Park. Uh, July 21st, we're going to be down at Marco Island on, uh, at Mackle Park. And then July 28th, if someone wanted to make this trek, they could certainly come down to Everglades City. Um, and it's pretty easy to find. There's a park right in the middle, uh, and we'll be there. Outstanding. So those are the next four events that we have. Those are the last four we have. Thank you, uh, uh, Corporal Gunderman. Now, I understand that books for Kaya Kids is an important uh, component of uh, Hot Summer Nights. Yeah, absolutely. This year we've uh, started partnering with uh, Books for Call Your Kids. So a little uh, background on Books for Call Your Kids. It was started back in 2005, and they have distributed nearly 1.5 million books to yeah. children in need here in Collier County. Um, so back in the spring, uh, winter time, uh, one of our sergeants, Sergeant Ashby from our Community Relations and Diversity Division, uh, she was speaking with someone at an event, and they started talking about the Books for Call Your Kids program um, and how it ties into our hot summer nights uh, is something called the summer slide. Mm -hmm. um, and it happens basically when kids who read during the summer, uh, they keep their overall academic skills ready for the next school year. Right. And kids who don't read books during the summer, they fall into what's called the summer slide. It's a phenomenon that's known throughout education. Um, so the summer slide are basically a loss of their academic skills that are attributed to a lack of reading. So that's everything from math and science to their basic reading skills. They lose about 30% if they're not reading during the summer. Um, unfortunately, uh, all parents or almost all parents agree that reading is extremely important and who wouldn't? Yeah. Uh, but they just don't have the resources uh, to get their kids books during the summer, whether it's because the school library is closed or maybe it's because they have access to the public library. Um, they, they just can't get their kids books. So part of that is um, we set up Sergeant Ashby's been coming to some of our events and uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were out at Big Corkscrew, like I mentioned earlier, and she had a table probably with 250 to 300 books on it. And within the first hour to an hour and a half, every one of those books were gone. Um, so it's each kid gets a book that they can read during the summer. And there's a wide variety of books in all the different age groups. Yeah. Um, and it's just a, a perfect opportunity for us to get that uh, program out there and to get kids books in their hands. It is a great program, and I think there's booksforkayerkids.org is the website, booksforkayerkids.org. Right, absolutely. Yep, you can just Google that. Uh, I did it just last night, and it pops right up, and there's tons of information. Uh, whether you're looking um, just to see where they do these uh, book drop-offs, because they do it other places, except you know, not just with uh, Hot Summer Nights, but it's a perfect opportunity for us, because um, you know, we're going to be in Golden Gate and that's a prime example of the neighborhood that we need to distribute books in. Absolutely. Um, a lot of those kids, you know, I work at an elementary school 
and they love to go to the library. And, uh, you know, during that summertime, it's, it's tough to get there. So I'll just remind our, our, our listeners, of course, uh, the books are the, the uh, books for Kaya kids are able to purchase books that are very inexpensively because of the volume, like at $2 a book, but it still costs money. So right now, if you want to support the program, it'd be great if you would, uh, you can call 394 4062, uh, 394-4062. That's Sally Williams. She's the board chair. Or you can go to booksforcallyourkids.org. Booksforcallyourkids.org. Corporal Gunderman, uh, Eric Gunderman, a real pleasure to speak with you here on the phone. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, no problem. Hey, I did just want to put a shout out. My favorite book that my kids at my school love for me to read is something called Dragons Love Tacos by Adam Rubin. Um, so if parents were looking for something that would keep their kids' attention, um, I mean, it's just a little, you know, 30-page book, but, man, it, the kids love it. So Dragons Love Tacos, that's my favorite book to read to my school kids. Oh, taco, uh, Dragons Love Tacos. Well, I really appreciate that, Corporal Grundeman. Thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Judge Stephen McGuire. Uh, he was a judge in Washington, D.C. in the Federal Trade Commission, chief judge, in fact, and now he's retired and written a couple of great books. We're going to find out about that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. Among other things, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the very robust website, thefga.org. Coming up, I'm going to visit with Professor Larry Bell. Right now we have with us Judge Stephen McGuire. Uh, author, as well as a former judge, chief judge on the Federal Trade Commission. Judge McGuire, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, Bob, thanks for having me today. My pleasure, indeed. Well, I know you've just come out with your latest book, but I'd love to talk to you about your experience as a judge in Washington, D.C. on the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, I've never talked to anybody who's been the judge on the Federal Trade Commission. Maybe you could <laughs> tell us about your experience. Well, there haven't been uh, you know, all too many of us uh, over the over the years, my predecessor had been, uh, I think, the chief judge there for, I believe, about 20 years. And then uh, 
I came in in 2003 and was there for about um, five and a half years before I retired. But um, I had a 32-year career in Washington as an attorney and then as an administrative law judge. And uh, I was at the EPA for you know, six years and then became chief judge of, of the FTC, where we preside over some really huge and then antitrust cases. Yeah, so interesting. So now you've moved here to South Florida, down to the to the Naples area, enjoying life down here, but also taking up uh, writing novels. Your latest, Fractured Power. Maybe you can tell us about it. Well, you know, Fractured Power. It's uh, I've got to be careful when people ask me what's it about. It's a uh, unique storyline that I don't think's ever been attempted before. But it's essentially what I, I would call a dark and haunting uh, and psychological uh, thriller about uh, Aiden Fletcher, who's a, a brilliant young man who comes from very humble origins and uses his extraordinary uh, ambition and, and, and uh, devious ingenuity to reach the height of power in uh, Washington, D.C. So, again, this is a novel. It's my second one. It takes place primarily in Washington, but I guess the core of the story begins when he's a uh, prosecuting attorney in uh, in, uh, in Knoxville, in Tennessee, and he uses his influence to uh, control the evidence that on about a uh, a you know, serial killer who is. Uh, killed several young uh, than women uh, than in Knoxville and so we go through the the you know the hunt for this killer and the trial and it puts Aiden Fletcher in the uh, then limelight and forever changes his extraordinarily uh, you know, treacherous life that so it's a like I said it's a dark um, uh, portrait and it uh, explores the uh, the depths of the uh, you know, human you know, psyche, and uh, I think it's a it's a uh, it's a uh, good read. It just came on out on Amazon about you know, three weeks ago. It sounds like a great read indeed, Judge. And uh, <laughs> quite frankly, uh, some people seeking high power in a treacherous way in Washington D.C.—that's not unique, <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, actually, that's a good point. That's really not the aspect of the book that I said hadn't been done before. So, yeah. Uh, no, that's right. And uh, um, so, you know, I use my my you know, experiences and exposure in Washington as a backdrop for my two books. And uh, you can't help but be at a, a you know, high level of government you know, for as long as it was and not have some real insights. Not only to you know, the people in these high positions, but how they exercise, you know, power. Right. And I think that's one of the intriguing aspects of both, you know, this book and my other book called Prior uh, Than Restraint. Yeah, so tell us tell the, us about Prior Restraint. What's well, that? Well, you know, Prior is, Restraint is a, a book about terrorism and the media. And it begins when the nation's leading TV news anchorman is brutally murdered on Pennsylvania Avenue, seemingly by foreign you know, terrorists. And uh, so this throws the, uh, the media into a panic. But before they can make any sense of it, one of the country's leading newspaper columnists and her editor are also murdered in, uh, in uh, New York again, seemingly by you know, foreign terrorists. And behind the scenes is a corrupt U.S. You know, senator who heads up the um, uh, Security Committee who's charged with investigating. He uses his influence to advance his own uh, then corrupt agenda. And the protagonist is a young female, uh, the newspaper, uh, then reporter in Washington, who investigates these murders, and as she does so, she starts to see things that uh, no one else sees, and as she gets closer to the you know, truth, it puts her own uh, then career and uh, then life in uh, grave danger. Yeah, so it, it's a really, I think, compelling read, some fascinating characters, and takes place 
and uh, Washington, New York, Chicago, L.A., and then South Beach. Sounds so interesting. Uh, Prior restraint. Sounds, sounds a little bit like the Seth Rich uh, situation. I just have to ask you though. I'm sure that none of your uh, none of your novels or e- neither of your novels are inspired by by true events. Well, you know, it's so funny that you say that. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've been asked by people who have either read the you know the book, especially in a prior restraint. They say, you know, is this true? And I said, no, but it could be. Yeah. And I think that's where I really try to draw a fine line between fantasy and reality and uh a lot of people will say uh my my uh, the depiction of the of the scenes in washington behind closed doors and again how power is exercised is so real that they aren't clear as to whether this is fiction or this truly occurred well you know judge it might be that it is true but nobody's found out about it yet (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's always the case (laughs) again judge stephen mcguire's two books fractured power and prior restraint is uh they're not sequels are they no no they're not they're two totally different books uh uh, the audience can go on my uh on my uh website stephenmcguireauthor.com and there's a uh, synopsis of the two books, there's a, my whole background, everything about me. But uh, I've been asked to write a you know, sequel to uh, you know, Prior uh, Than Restraint where, with this female uh, the reporter who becomes quite the character. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know if I'm going to do that or not. I Probably not for the time being. But, you know, it's always nice if people want to see your storyline you know, continue. Absolutely. Is, uh, is anything in the works right now? Um, I am in the process right now of coming up with a storyline for my third novel. I've got an idea in mind, though I haven't uh, completely validated it in my head yet. Um, but it would be, again, another um, you know, uh, 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 then political uh, thriller. And again, will take place in Washington. So for those uh, in the audience that enjoy those kinds of of the books uh i hope to you know do three more before i'm finished all right well judge i tell you it sounds like great reads and i grew up in washington dc so i would certainly yeah, I look know for- you did. certainly look forward to uh, reading the books again judge stephen mcguire the website is uh stephen mcguire author.com stephen mcguire author.com judge mcguire really appreciate you coming on the show thanks so much for joining right. us thanks for having me enjoyed it very much my pleasure indeed all right coming up we're going to visit with professor larry bell endowed professor at the university of houston a space architecture and author of many books we're going to do that and more right here in the bob harden show on the bob harden broadcasting network You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere 
that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. He's also an author. He's written many books. I've read most of them, almost all of them. His latest is Beyond Flagpoles and Footprints, Pioneering the Space Frontier. This is a book that he co-authored with Buzz Aldrin. Professor, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Bob, thanks for having me on. I always enjoy it. Thank you, Professor. So um, your latest column in Newsmax, uh, and by the way, the name of the column is On Point, and uh, Professor Bell writes about three columns a week. Your latest is Stops, Buck Stops with Biden and No One Else. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, I think this is a pretty obvious article. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a reminder more than anything else, because I think we all are aware that, uh, you know, we have an administration. When I say administration, it goes down into the depths of the you know, the progressive uh, party. And, uh, you know, they have, a, they have a habit of creating a lot of mischief and mayhem and then blaming it on others, and uh, it's never their fault. It's kind of like, you know, kind of like a child that, uh, you know, that uh, creates havoc and then uh, and, and then pleads that, uh, well, I didn't do it, Johnny did it, you know, yeah. kind of thing. But, but, you know, we have, we have this, we have this, uh, you know, this, this president and presidency, I don't know who runs it, whether it's Ron Klain or a whole, whole, whole bunch of characters, but... Uh, you know, inflation really is Putin's fault. You know, it's all of a sudden. Never mind that. It's you know that the, it's been occurring ever since uh, Biden entered the Oval Office. But nevertheless, you know, it's, it's, it's Putin's fault. And if there's any food shortages, is because Ukraine. You know, their you know their agriculture, their grain, and so on. And and you know, if gas prices are high, it's not because not because they tried to destroy and intend to destroy the the fossil fuel industry, which they've done a pretty good job of, but it's just really that the, you know, the oil companies that, that they've been trying to shut down aren't pumping enough oil. So we need to, we need to go to Saudi Arabia and OPEC and we need to maybe Venezuela will help out and, and, and maybe we can get a little bit of oil from, uh, you know, from Iran, you know, and we, if we, if we drop some sanctions and in order to get them to uh, play nice with us and not develop nuclear weapons, which they are a couple of weeks away from doing, then maybe, then maybe everything will be fine. And, and of course, of course, Afghanistan was really not Biden's fault. It was the general's fault. You know, he they wanted a photo opportunity, I suppose. You know, to you know to to you know, to to uh, wave. You know, and so they they decided to remove the troops. And then after they moved the troops, they maybe tried to get the civilians out. Maybe some of the folks that helped us, and you know, eighty billion dollars worth of military equipment and. And oh, by the way, the schools aren't aren't really Democrats' fault. You know, it's it's not that it's really it's really the it's it's really these domestic terrorists, the parents that are processing having uh, critical race theory and inappropriate uh, uh, sexual material. Of course, they're not inappropriate if you're a Democrat, but teaching five year olds about body parts and being able to identify whether they're 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 female or male based upon you know, taking a poll, I guess, uh, none of these things are their fault. Yeah. It's just a matter of, you know, the society's wrong. Was, was me. We, you know, we, we, um, you know, it rained and we, you know, we, and, and, and we, uh, can't use any sunshades, you know, and it's, it's always somebody else's fault. Absolutely, uh, Professor. And I, you know, even around the whole energy thing, he goes, instead of calling the individual uh, CEOs of these oil companies, say, let's see if we can't work together and find a win-win so that we can all benefit and, and develop 
you know, and create the uh, the uh, resources that we need for energy here in the United States. No, he sends them a letter accusing them of greed. And <laughs> he's, you know, in other words, his negotiation skills, he has the power of his position, but he has no personal power, in, in my view, no influence with people with whom he's dealing. Well, I think he's also, I think he and they are, are really on the wrong side of, of every issue that the public really cares about, you know. right. They're obsessed with this climate stuff, and it's absolutely nut. It's nutcase stuff, and it's yep. and it's driving them hysterically over stuff. It's just a manufactured United Nations. Let's spread the wealth kind of craziness, and they're and they're all wrapped up on that stuff, and and so and so they want to put all these charging stations in, uh, and and never mind that about two percent of the cars in the country are, are electric vehicles. No, we don't, we we want to make them all. We're going to have electric, um, you know, electric trains. Well, forget about that because they run on diesel and and electric trucks, you know. And well, maybe not. Maybe the maybe the maybe the extension cords aren't long enough in the in the fields, you know, and the tractors and and they have no concept whatsoever of of energy in terms of yeah oh yeah I guess the wind doesn't blow all the time does it the sun maybe it shines but not necessarily through the clouds. You know, and 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 uh, all this absolute nutcase stuff that that the public, most of the public, is just scratching their head, and they say, "Well, gee, I guess, I guess that the science scientists, the so-called scientists, uh, uh, know better. We ought to go along with them, uh, maybe." And you know, we got. I wrote an article recently about World Health Organization. I was jumped on the climate stuff because, oh well, you know, climate's so bad because it, and now it's making, it's creating a a mental health pandemic, and, yeah, yeah. and we need we need to have more counseling. And you know, there's there's so many grifters jumping on this bandwagon, and I think the public's getting wise to it. Well, I think the public is too. It it just makes me wonder these these positions are so antithetical to what is in the best interest of, of uh, Americans. Makes me why we haven't even brought up about the rampant crime being placed on uh, blamed on white supremacists and the border being open and who says it's open all that. It just makes me wonder if perhaps they're not planning another October surprise and somehow, some way, maybe coming up with a monkey virus, whatever it might be, in order to to again uh, affect the voting machines, the Dominion voting machines, or or mail-in ballots, whatever it might be, because they can't possibly win on this platform they've created. Well, I think I think the I think the surprise is already here. They're they're trying to play this uh, January sixth capital thing for all their work. You know, they want to they want to you know make the you know the orange guy the villain and and so on. Now they're you know they're raiding people's homes to try to take their electronic materials. This associate district attorney or whatever it was that they you know they pulled out of the house in his pajamas a couple of days ago. Yeah, went over stuff, but I mean. It's, the the thing is, it would be funny if it weren't if it weren't excuse me Stalinistic. You know, it's you know it it's it's so outrageous that you can't laugh it off anymore, and you realize how how absolutely obsessed they are to to, to try to keep Trump from running again, yeah. and and they they're trying now in this kind of de facto impeachment three, you know, and and meanwhile we're getting more and more evidence. That oh lo and got you know lo and behold gasp the election really wasn't the most uh, in the most honest in history and and you know the you know uh, D'Souza's movie that exposes this and so on and and uh, I don't know that there's any big surprise big enough to, you know to to change what people are seeing is just really a very very desperate bunch of bunch of desperados that are that are doing anything they can to hold on and and but 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 they're not their their problem is everything they're doing is antithetical to what the public wants absolutely again professor larry bell uh endowed professor at the university of houston his latest book beyond flagpoles and footprints pioneering the space frontier co-authored with buzz aldrin uh, encourage you to uh, take a look as also well as a scared witless of the prophets of prophets of climate doom a book that uh, larry wrote a while ago but it really rings true today professor always appreciate your commentary here on the show thank you so much for joining us 
And Bob, it's always a pleasure. Thank Th you so much. Thank you, Professor. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did and learned a lot. I hope you'll join us on Monday. We're going to visit with Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com, and again, talking about current global events. Larry Reed, he is the president emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education, will be joining us. Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington bureau chief and author of uh, several, he's got a couple of great murder mysteries off in Washington, D.C. as well. He'll be joining us as well. I always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. BobHardenHotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. I'd appreciate it. Our advertisers would appreciate it as well. I hope you make it a great day and weekend on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>